Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My talkers, we made it to hour three of the Wednesday Hump Day show with Lori and Julia. So let's sit back and enjoy the show, you guys. And what do you got for this last hour? Julia, we've got to give out our winner for the 20th birthday bash here at My Talk. Who is it? We do. It is Chris Johnson from Elk River. Hello, Chris. Chris with a K. Chris with a K, you're going to be coming to our 20th birthday bash on July 21st. You can still... Register, can't you, Grant? Yes, yes absolutely. We're done. The last day is Friday, yes. July 1st. You got to download them. If you don't have the app yet, you have to download the app and then register mm-hmm. for rewards on the app, and then you're entered for a chance to win tickets to the birthday bash. It is, though, There's, you know, like people are just like, what if I don't listen on the app because I'm always in my car and I don't, don't have, have that kind of a phone? I'm like, oh boy. I Who said, doesn't have that kind of a phone? I, I don't know. Is someone people, still using a dial? People could have a flip phone because of their retro and cool again. Yeah. Not everybody. You yeah, know, some well, people like to just use a flip phone. We can't do everything for everybody. That's right. Well, but uh, your iPad has an app. Yeah. There you, you can go. download your app, the app on the iPad. Thank Lori. you very much. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering what our person we're talking to is this, what's the name of the actress that you still are? No, Julie. Okay, but you can download apps on yes, iPads. We're derailing so right in front of our eyes because I think that secretly you're busy doing something else. <laughs> what? Just tell us what it is. No, I have so many emails from all Grant. these authors and crap. <laughs> okay, just like maybe I'm going to get your attention now with you, this conversation. I don't know. We're okay. going to see Gaucho Lady. Okay. <laughs> We're oh. going to see what's happening. It's the hell with the Gaucho <laughs> pants. <laughs> I like this next story, so let's see if well, I know what it is. I was so excited. So we knew that Julia Roberts and George Clooney had gone down under earlier this year to film a supposedly a but we didn't know what it was really about or anything we got the whole we got a trailer we posted it it's two and a half minutes so i know right now like casey would say about this trailer go with your friends no it's too much it's they're showing the whole movie god okay i agree sometimes they do that and it does feel like that with this but i hope there's some huge surprises um because we don't want to have a formula film with two big stars sniping at each other disguised as a rom-com well the theory is that that george clooney or the movie is George Clooney and Julia Roberts get to, were married, had a child, got divorced years ago, fifteen years yes. ago, and now their daughter's twenty five and getting married in Bora Bora. To someone she just met three months yes, ago, yes. and so they're going down there. It looked good. I gotta say, it looked great. It looked good. It looked good, and they had me right What's away. What's it called again? It's called Ticket to Paradise, yeah. and we posted it. It had me when they showed a bar, and Julia and George Clooney and Caitlin Deaver. 
you know, from Booksmart. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Our other show with the Tony fr- Collette, yes. the detective show. And Denver was so good. I can't think of the name. I can't There's either. too many shows now. No, this- I know it. But they are doing the running man in a club. Hysterical. And, um, you know. It looks like fun. It does look like fun. I'm all- So here's when this movie okay. opens. It's going to open um, October 21st. But George and Julia will be touring around Europe three weeks prior to that. They'll be doing the London, Paris, Rome film premiere because it's opening three weeks earlier over there. Oh, fun. This is the fourth time they've been paired up together. They did Money, Trouble with Money. They've been in the the Oceans Oceans 11. And another one. Weren't they in two oceans? Maybe. Yeah, I don't He's know. He's a reoccurring character as his wife. I and think. I don't know if he was in Charlie Wilson's War. Oh, I love that yeah. movie. That is Tom a, Hanks was in oh, that. Oh, that's a know. good movie. Grand. But it's their fourth movie, and I do like their chemistry together. And it's I wonder fun. if Amal likes Julia. I think she loves her. Julia loves her husband. It's not a no, 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 but I mean, oh. if Amal likes Julia. I think she does. You do? Okay. You don't yeah. ever see them doing foursome things when they come to California. No. I just think, here's what I think, my theory. Julia is kind of proprietary about George. Her men. About her, her men, her, yes. Yes, her guys. and he's, he's yes. pro- she's a proprietary woman, and she might be, she reminds me of this character in Lucy Foley's book, The Guest List, who is just like, she's had a flirtation with this guy. He belongs, you know, he's with somebody else, but there's always this undercurrent of sexual he chemistry. He was mine first. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and Julia's not afraid to throw her head, beautiful head of hair back. Sit on his lap. Smile, laugh, you know. She wouldn't do it when Danny's around. No. But, you know, I'm just saying. I wonder what them all went to. They were all there in Familia. In, in Australia. Yeah, but she, Danny and the kids are in California. So maybe it helped her in a mom's friendship. I think she likes her. Yeah, I think so. I think she's just going to say she likes her. I'm going to tell you. All right, so here was the headline that got me last night. Okay. The Fifty Shades Grey. Can I talk? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So this got me. I'm so glad. So Grant, I I sent this to Grant last night. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I I might as well just be uh, a bat. (laughs) I stay up so late. Yes. I really do. That was Um, a late one, yeah. So. Dakota Johnson starred as Anastasia Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey, a long, and she was a newcomer to film. I mean, she'd mm-hmm. had a couple small parts, but this was a big role for her to get mm-hmm. the Fifty Shades of Grey. Very much so. Trilogy. Everyone was auditioning for Everyone it. was. Charlie and, Hunnam was cast. Yes, he was cast. and But she has spoken out, uh, and Jamie Dornan, about... Kind of about working with um, our woman... Uh, James, E.L. James, who wrote The Fifty Shades of Grey, and she had gotten a balloon offer from whoever the production company was mm-hmm. and the film company, let's just say Paramount. For a million dollars. That she had the rights on the script. She could tell people what... what who she could be cast. cast. She had so much Which power past... She did. Like, overpower that you don't want an author, an author to mm-hmm. have because they don't know the business. Yeah, this is an interview Dakota is doing in Vanity Fair, and it's, I want to read the whole thing. Right. But, um, because she talks about a lot of things. But I am so impressed with Dakota Fanning's rise to stardom. The movie no, it's, she's it's made. No, it's Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. I mean, the movie she's made. Yes. She's made independent. She's made interesting choices. She's going to be she, in the big 
one of the big um, what is one Marvel? She's going to be yeah, cast in a Cha-Cha Marvel. Cha Cha Real Smooth. That's a movie that she's in. The Peanut Butter Falcon. We were fans Loved. of. And she's quirky. She's quirky. And I also think that she's been amazing on the couch since she started doing couches. Uh, don't forget Ellen when she called oh, out yeah. Ellen oh, on. She did. The birthday party when Alan tried to complain that uh, Dakota hadn't invited her to the party. And that was a thing that played. But she's just and I guess it's because her grandmother has been in the business. Hippie Hadron. Her mom, Melanie Griffith and dad, Don, Don Johnson. Johnson. So she's very unflat, unfazed. This is her life. It These is. These were her people. Yes. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Kind of well, like Billy Lord is. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. So um, go back. What, has, well, what so did anyway, she tell Vanity Fair? She just was talking. She asked. That was asked about Vanity Fair, and she said she signed up from a for a very different movie than what they made. Mm. And she said working with El James was. Um, she said El James. They'd have they'd film stuff that El James wanted them to film, and then later they'd film stuff that they thought. The Sam Johnson, yeah. the woman, yeah, was the director. Yes. So they would work for E.L. James, kind of. They uh, double shoot almost, Lori, because she had so uh, many quirky things in her inner dialogue. Remember, you hated the inner dialogue of those books. And, it would, and thank God they didn't. Mm-hmm. That didn't make it in the movie. Because and she that's said so it was cheesy. always a battle. But here's the mm-hmm. line that bugged that I just thought. She recalled how James, who served as a producer on the three movies, threw out a script after. Throughout the script, after actor James Charlie Hunnam dropped out of the project due to scheduling conflict, now it would have been completely different with him because he wrote a script for it. Remember, he worked. He didn't want to do it because he was going to have to. No, but Charlie Hunnam didn't want to do the movie because he knew that El James had all this control. The control, and you don't. There was going to be a fight, and he didn't like that dialogue. So Dakota Johnson Mm. basically said. If she had known at the time what it would have been like now, she doesn't think anyone would have done it. Yeah. It would have been like, oh. I want to see the behind the scenes of that. Uh, this is psychotic. But no, I don't regret it. And mm. she said they, there was this rumor. No, she shouldn't. That she had this feud with Jamie Dornan. She said, he's like a brother to me. I love him so much. And she said, despite the creative headache she had with E.L. James. Mayhem is the, what she called it. Yes, mayhem. Mine's his headaches. She said, James was is a very nice woman. Mm. And she was always kind to me. And I'm grateful she wanted to be in these movies. Oh. It was great for our careers. So amazing. So lucky. But it was weird. It was so, so weird. Well, no wonder it was a bland bowl of stale BDSM. I liked it. Yeah. I liked the first one. I thought the first one was fun. But then after that, I thought... Yeah. I don't even think I've watched the third one. Yeah, line. she told Vanity Fair they'd shoot a scene that Sam Taylor Johnson yeah. wanted and then shoot E.L. James, and then it was a tussle. <laughs> I mean, I just think about the offer, and, you know, like, yeah. I'm wondering, the producer of the Fifty Shades of Grey, I wonder if that was, like, the worst movie of their life. Oh, three. Not one, but three. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, they probably had a different producer for Sam Taylor movie. Johnson, I think, only directed the first That's one. That's all. She couldn't she work couldn't with her She couldn't do again. it anymore. Right. That's right. All right, listen, we got to go. It's time for our Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, give us give us our hump day dirt. Well, we're going to start, Lori and Julia, this afternoon with the big story of this afternoon. R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years for racketeering and sex trafficking. So, yesterday with her 20 years and now R. Kelly. And uh, I heard Lifetime is working on a 
Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> series. Oh my goodness. Now, uh this was a uh, base this was his conviction from last September, so he's just being sentenced, sentenced right now. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so mm, he weren't probably going to be seeing R. Kelly behind bars no. for the most of the rest of his life. Right. Yeah, and the acting US attorney in this case said to the victims in this case your voices were heard and justice was finally served. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. I mean, that was, that I, was I remember a- watching that uh, surviving R. Kelly. It was jaw dropping. The stuff we saw on that, that he got away with for years. And we're talking with 14-year-old girls, 15-year-old girls, 16. So it is really disturbing. Yeah. Now, uh, it was said, you know, he continued, he, R. Kelly, is crime and avoided punishment for them for almost 30 years and now must be held accountable. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to mention this notable obituary at the beginning of the show. Margaret Keene. Passed away at the age of 94. She is the artist behind Big Eyes. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I, you know what? People didn't go to that movie, but Amy Adams was fantastic in that movie. And that was, I loved knowing her story. So, The Big Eyes, that movie back in 2014, was the biopic of Margaret Keene. And she is the artist. If you don't know Big Eyes, she painted all of those portraits of kids with the huge, huge eyes in the 50s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. And before uh, the anime, you know, yes, like yeah, we yeah, first, because yeah. that was such a big thing. But they were distinctive looking kids, too. Yeah, she passed away Sunday of heart failure at her home in Napa, California. Well, look at that. She lived a good long time. Yeah, you know, for so if you don't know Margaret Keene's story, just a little upshot on it. For years, starting in the 1950s, her husband, Walter Keene, persuaded Margaret, his wife, to paint for up to 16 hours a day while promoting her work as his own. Yes. Wow. So stars, yeah, Jerry Lewis, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Liberace commissioned these portraits. Even Mm -hmm. Joan Crawford used one for the cover of her autobiography back in 1962. They were divorced, and Margaret finally revealed in 1970 that she was the true artist behind the artwork, and there was even a paint-off in a Honolulu court in 1986. That's right. We see that in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, so she painted a big-eyed sea urchin in 53 minutes. Her husband, Walter, who represented himself, said he had a sort of shoulder oh Oh, gosh i'm not able to paint i'm sorry Mm -hmm. now margaret won damages of four million dollars uh though she never really got that walter declared bankruptcy so yeah you know go watch big eyes all right the, yeah, the Tim good. Burton bo- uh, movie. Yeah, it's good. Look, casting news for you in the uh, Amazon Prime adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Michaela Cole, John Turturro, Paul Dano are all joining this series. Does this sound like a good idea to you guys? I mean, we watched the movie. I, I It was hard to watch because, of course, it broke up the marriage. What is it, it again? Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Smith. At the TV series. Oh, uh, yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah I could see an updated... Could? Uh, yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. That's, it's good source material. Julia, is it too just traumatizing? It's too from, traumatizing. No, <laughs> from, I'm teasing. I'm over yeah. it, but, but um, I don't know. Well, this is a reimagining of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and this is starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine oh, in the yes. title roles. I'm for it. And oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might know Maya Erskine. She was from PEM 15. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so Michaela Cole, John Turturro, and Paul Dano all joining the cast of this series. Yeah. Paul Dano. Yeah. Wow. Who played uh, the Riddler. The in Riddler, the Batman, he played Brian Wilson. Yes, yes. Let there be blood, wasn't yes. he in that one? Or yeah, the, yeah, something like that. Yeah, your your guys's favorite movie. Oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> oh, like Gangs I, of I, New York, I hate that oh, movie. Oh, I wouldn't too. even see it. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel Day Lewis is not exactly your matinee idol. No, for no. some stuff, The Last of the Mohicans, he'll always have oh. our heart for that movie. Oh, and Daniel Day-Lewis yes. and Lincoln. Yes, but oh. I mean, you can't get a boner for Lincoln, but no. you can for The Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> that, I didn't know we were talking about getting boners. Oh, yeah. Always, um, Julia. <laughs> four scores and seven years ago. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ava Mendez was on the talk, and she was chatting about Ryan Gosling's Barbie hair. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this us to that because I want to know first of all what in the hell is she promoting? Uh, she's, she doesn't act she does, anymore, but she does like a mom thing, doesn't she? I'll look. It is up. she a lifestyle entrepreneur? She might be. She has a sponge. No. Oh my. Oh God. no. Wait. Oh for my what? God. For what part of your body? No. no like a, probably a face sponge. Like to put your makeup on, to wash your sink, or to for well, a period. Which sponge? I mean, maybe it's all of the above. I don't know. know You can you can MacGyver it. (laughs) Uh, It's called Scura Style, and it's a literal sponge that you use to wash your dishes. You guys. Okay. No. 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 (laughs) Oh my God! The only reason she got booked is because Ryan Gosling has been spotted all over town as Ken, and she she agreed to probably answer one question. There's no way they would book her. That's so mortifying. Okay, but remember when you go she, on a talk show and promote a sponge? She's the brand ambassador for this lifestyle sponge. <laughs> it's no, a lifestyle that, sponge. That, that, you're making kitchens. it worse. No, it's for in an innovative kitchen. <laughs> Fire your just. agent, Ava. Oh, Fire your oh agent. My. It's a smart sponge, lawyer or Lori. The <laughs> ultimate scouring pad. Unless it gets wow. up and cleans my kitchen sink. She has on its found own. her sponge soulmate. Oh my god! She I'm shares just, a passion. Oh, this is just this is just. Even this is, so, is a talented actress. Well, not if you're sponsoring <laughs> sponges. <laughs> Okay, did did they ask her at least about Ryan? Yes, of course they did, you okay, guys. That's so, so, she so funny, Ali. <laughs> so, Ava Mendez shilling her sponges, literal sponges, yeah. over on the talk. Mm. She was asked about her partner Ryan Gosling being spotted out and about town filming the Barbie movie. He's playing Ken. He's got bleach blonde hair right now. Don't know if it's a wiglet. He, yeah, Don't know if it's not, real. He does not. I. He does not look great. I mean, he looks great. If you if you like that look, 
<laughs> it's not my favorite Ryan look. I'll put it that way. Bleach blonde. It looks like Scooby Dooby Doo. Well, and I think that's intentional. I think they're going so a little camp say? with it. She said people do know he's not playing a real person, right? Oh, he's she... pl- playing a fake person. See, not coach. This is a very kind of a snippy answer. Mm-hmm. As a PR person, this is uh, I would have had. I would have said to her, uh, if anyone books you on for another sponge plug. Oh God, Lori, <laughs> honest to God, um, <laughs> honest. When you get asked for Ryan's look, just say, <laughs> not laugh and say, I I love it because Ken comes home every night to me. Or I don't know, say something, but not that. I know. Well, that's so dismissive. Of course, we know. Geez, that's kind of rude. She's out of practice. <laughs> She's out of practice. Oh, clean up an aisle two yes. for your publicity. Please use your sponge. sponge. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, now she did share the initial photo of Ryan Gosling as Ken on as Ken on her own Instagram, writing "So bleep funny, so bleep good, so bleep excited to see you see this hashtag." That's my Ken. See, that's a better response without yeah. all the Effenheimers. But, you know, I mean, really, Ava's, you know, she's nervous about what's going to happen with her and Ryan Gosling. Lori, oh. stop it. No, no, she is. I'm reading between the tea leaves. Okay, look at her. Well, she's <laughs> got to get her. I'm reading between she's the sponges. Okay, I'm reading. <laughs> I mean, if you had to sell sponges, too, you got to hit all the points. Pots and pans. Oh, I love it. I love a good cleaning too. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, well, you're, seriously, you're, you're, if I was Ava Mendez and looked like her and was flipping yes, sponges, you can do so much better. Ava. Yeah, <laughs> but she does have Ryan and those two beautiful daughters. She does. I, still, this is ending up all Isabella kinds of, and Isadora. I'm having red flags. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Holly. All right. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. So yesterday, a book came out called George. Michael, A Life, by um, this music biographer called James Gavin. Okay. And I've heard him interviewed on a couple different shows. Yes. And, but he, he whenever, I, this was when I knew I didn't want to read his book. Oh, no. Because he would just describe it as a definitive biography. And whenever oh. anyone uses the word definitive, yes. it's going to be every single part of their life. Oh. Very... Detailed. We've had we've had the, some of these on, and it, so it can be a bit of a slog to read. But I mean, I just love George Michael so much. I mean, love. in 1981, that's when Wham starts. But 1983, you know, Careless Whisper, you wake me up before you go. Yeah, going, yeah. From 83 to 86, or 81 to 86. I mean, Wham was just huge, 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 and a lot of people were. You know, of, of that age, they might maybe that was their first concert they went to in sixth grade. Oh. And then he transitions to his solo career in 87, 89 with Faith and um, Listen Without Prejudice. And he was so gorgeous. And I mean, the whole world was crazy about him. We were. We were absolutely crazy about him. And one of the things that we found is, you know, we just followed the career and, you know, people's careers changes. But one of the things we found out really as he was going through life, is that people, you know, and and, and probably people forget because we've had gay rights for people, forget how 
hard it still was for anyone in the 80s or 90s to, to come, come out, out and yes. be a gay man yes. especially if you were in the entertainment business yes. you would be advised not to yes. do that yes 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 Let, leave them wondering maybe but you don't have to say anything you'd be actively told to have this closeted life so right. I, I just picked a couple of stories that um james did right and he did get good stuff and he did get into the insight really got in he had a homophobic father uh, so that made it very easy for him to go along with the record company because he grew up with a dad who had nothing but disparaging things to say and of course his mom always knew yeah his mom that, always yeah, knew yeah. but so here's i'll paint the picture okay. with um james's help it's april 20th 1992 george michael is part of a star-studded lineup that included elton john david bowie and Metallica at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert for AIDS awareness at Lundy's, London's Wembley Stadium. Yes, yes, yes. And the previous November, Freddie Mercury had announced after months of speculation that he had AIDS. And, you know, he was bedridden at that concert and he died the very next day at the age of 45, Freddie Mercury, mm. after that concert. And it was organized to pay tribute to him and to raise money for AIDS awareness. George Michael did a 15-minute set. He ended his set with Somebody to Love, Queen Classic. And he later called it probably the proudest moment of his career. But it was the performance that was cloaked in irony because George Michael was 29 and closeted. And his boyfriend, Brazilian dress designer Mm -hmm. and stylist, Anselmo Filippa, was dying of AIDS. Yes, he was. So... uh, he told, in 1998, George Michael told the Independent, he said, try to imagine that you fought with your own sexuality to the point that you lost most of your 20s. Horrible. Horrible. And, and then when you find romantic love, along comes a fatal disease mm-hmm. to destroy everything. And he, in 92, he had not come out to his family. <coughs> hmm And... He hadn't told his closest friends right. about his boyfriend's diagnosis because his boyfriend didn't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. He was ashamed. He was sure. afraid. And they had met, what was that place in Brazil? Rio de, Rio de Janeiro, the Macana, uh, the Macana, which is where the biggest, I talked about yesterday, where the big concerts always were. So he was performing when he was 27, George Michael, mm-hmm. and he sees this guy, and um, he they were immediately smitten with each other. Yeah. Both very good looking, and somehow, the, Angel uh, Felipe managed to get his way into the after hour party. That's how good looking he was, and you um, know what that's like. Yeah, you mm. know what that's like. And it, he told the BBC years later, George Michael, he was the first love of my entire life. I was happier than I've ever been. Fame, money, everything else, it just paled to comparison to finally being at 27 and to be waking up in a bed with someone who loved me and that I loved. And that was his first time. And they stayed in Santa Barbara, which gave them privacy. And Michael just showered him with Cartier watches. Sure. They lived in Santa Barbara with another couple. Yes. Yes. And, And they loved the bossa nova. And they listened to a lot of bossa nova music and... But AIDS remained their biggest yeah. fear, and both men did not want to get tested for yeah. HIV. Well, because they, they'd already started the relationship, and now 
Uh, do by, we want to know? But yet there was stuff that they could have. Yeah, no, that's right. still early years, okay. Julia. And in the late fall of 91, Filippo told Michael, I feel sick. I'm flying back to Brazil to be with my family. And in a later documentary, George Michael revealed that he did go to see his family at Christmas. And I sat at the table with my family in England and none of them knew about the person I loved and that he was terminally ill and not knowing if I was terminally ill and if I should tell him it was possibly the loneliest time of my life. And in Brazil, his boyfriend found out, yes, you're definitely have AIDS. And, um, but he, we're talking about George Michael. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, the, they were very, Felipe was like, don't tell anyone. Michael arranged for the best doctor care you could get, but he didn't go with him because he didn't want even the, the doctors or the nurses to know he was with the partner. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1993, with Carnival, it it's so sad. That's it's so, so sad. sad. So we don't ever want to go backwards. No, we people. don't. And Filippo went back to Brazil in 93. He entered the hospital. Michael could not even go visit him because he knew that that would be a picture that would sold or that it would be published. And anyway, Philippa had a blood transfusion a few days later and had a triggered a brain hemorrhage and he died at the age of 36. And Michael was haunted for the rest of his life that he did not go and visit him in the hospital. He also did not go to his lover's funeral, but he did fly down after the funeral, and met with Philippa's mom and family. And years later, uh, he looked back and he just said he was the most beautiful, kind-hearted, angelic person I've ever met, which is sometimes hard for my partner since his death because you can't ever compete or rival a ghost. And But the silver lining after that was Michael George to his parents. Mm -hmm. And he penned an emotional letter to his mom, and of course his mom... I always knew unconditional love, but his father did not take it well and, um, you know, was part of the reason why it was so easy for George Michael to be talked into this thing to be closeted. Yeah. And so a lot of people were mad, um, you know, at Boy George because when George Michael died, he like did some flowery tribute or something, and people were like, "Eh, where were you when you were being so not understanding and calling out George Michael and not quite outing him, but being quite sure. bitchy about him because they were at the same yeah. time." But mm-hmm. anyway, um, uh, and also though, Boy George was a massive heroin addict during that time period too. I don't and kind know of if out he of control. At the beginning you of don't Culture think so? Club. I think that came afterwards. I mean, okay. that's a whole nother. Uh, well, I was just thinking you do a lot of crazy, yes, chaotic things if, when you're dropped. Yeah, absolutely. no, no, no. Okay. But, you become um, aggressive for sure. George's father, we will find out in this book, was a, a homophobic bastard, basically, who caused George a lot of pain and made it very that's easy. Sad. And that's why James found out that one of the reasons why he kept getting busted on. You know, in men's room, and right. where people were, yep. go, men were going to find sexual partners, was because he wanted to be busted. He wanted it to come out, and he was just like, "I'm going to do the most dangerous thing I can." Sure. And he got busted in Beverly Hills on mm-hmm. a sting, yep. a police operation sting, because the Will Anna, Rogers State Park, yep. the men's restroom, they uh, people didn't want that activity going on anymore. It was like the tapping at the 
at the, at the Minneapolis airport. airport. With yeah. that uh, senator, he was doing the toe so, tap. So anyway, <laughs> it was just, there's a lot of stuff if you're a George Michael <laughs> fan, but I just am going to tell you it's 500 pages. Yeah. It is definitive. Yep. And there are some people, and he also, he and Princess Diana were friends, but George Michael always said to keep Princess Di at a distance because he knew she had a crush on him oh. and he couldn't ever be romantic back and he liked and respected her too much. Aww. And he always felt bad about snubbing Prince William when he was 12 at Christmas. William wanted him to sing a song. Oh. And George Michael said no, no and he felt bad about it. Always. I would. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I get it. Oh. So, all right, thanks for sharing, yeah. Lord. Right. We'll be back. Uh, Derek Como Park Pavilion tonight. Oh, these guys are? Yeah. Oh, and I love how he said, when did I get caught up in your dream? Mm. Like you said, how he influenced oh. him, picked this poor boy up off his knees, mm. the Every- twisting, the, 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 the yes. legs. There was so many references there. Like- Elvis. Uh, Robert Wilkinson is a great songwriter. That's yes. a great band. Yes. That's a great song. And That's you're going to Elvis. Band. So long live the king. Oh. Oh, I'm so kind of really happy for you. It's going to be fun. Well, I know it. I, I kind of am And worried. I'm not going to Elvis because I got to go see the Flame and O's at well, the Como Park Pavilion. the one who loves the king but is re- going to be the last to see. Okay, <laughs> but you know what? Here's what I will just say in my defense. You don't need to defend yourself. It, yeah, no. Well, no, but I mean, here's what I say, though. Elvis has... I'll, never been on a chintz couch with me. He's oh, always he's, had. He's always in your head. He's always had golden status in my family. I'm we well all aware. Oh, you do know that. About I do. Me? By the way, I mean, if you want to see something, um, we posted on the Lori and Julia show page today about um, Elvis's appearance on the Steve Allen show in 1956 when they were trying, trying to, to stifle him. Stifle yes. him, and he's in a tuxedo, and they're ha- having him sing Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. To, to a, a hound, hound dog. dog with literally. Yeah. It's hysterical. It's mortifying. And, and Elvis is making him. fun while he's doing it, though. You could see yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. To, to say, what is this? But yeah. it was kind of good. Okay, so I t- told you earlier that we found out that... Um, Diablo Cody is having a movie, another movie made, and she wrote, of course. Juno. Yes, and we don't know how involved she was with Madonna, and mm-hmm. isn't it interesting that no one has raised their hand to play the Madonna role, the one person that... That we said was was going to do it, but there's been no confirmation. Right. Good point. I didn't even realize right? that. Right, Julie yeah. from... Julie Garner. Yes. Yeah. Julie so, Garner. Okay, so anyway, this movie that Diablo Cody has gotten... Boy, she hasn't done a movie. She did Jennifer's Body, remember, with Megan Fox? And she did the, the Tremors or something with um, the one on, it was on Showtime. Yes. With um, our gal from Mariel's Wedding. Jennifer Cody is her name? No. No, oh, no. Who? Diablo Cody. Diablo, oh, Diablo Cody. Cody. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sorry, Diablo sorry, sorry. Cody. So she wrote yeah, the you're script. Yeah, you're right. She, she's done a few things yeah, she in has. there. So anyway, this script is called Lisa Frankenstein. Ooh. And it is starring Cole Sprouse, you know. Jughead. Yeah, but also Zach and Cody. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but people know him. Yes. Jughead from Riverdale. Yeah. And Catherine Newton. But the person signed up to direct it is Zelda Williams. Do you know who that is? Robin Williams' daughter. Yes. Oh. Her directorial debut. Fabulous. Right. And it's set in 1989. The film follows oh. an unpopular high schooler who accidentally re um, reanimates a handsome Victorian corpse mm-hmm. during a lightning storm and starts to rebuild him in the man. So it's a modern day Frankenstein. Yeah. Like Jennifer's- Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that love could it. be kind of fun. And any, you know, high school, the 80s, I'm already in. Diablo mm-hmm. Cody, I'm already in. Yeah, All right, that sounds and, good. And now this headline I want you to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, Kourtney Kardashian won't leave Travis Barker's side in the hospital. You mean 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I hope he, I like him so much. And I do, too. Even, he was having stomach cramps yesterday. And they rushed him to the hospital. pancreatitis. They, yeah. they released that. And they, they said after he had a colonoscopy. And I'm, I have no idea. Maybe you can get uh, pancreatitis. All I know is pancreatitis can also be brought on by drinking um, or hereditary thing. Yes. But it is super painful. Right. He was in super pain. Super Rushed to the hospital. Pray for me. Yeah. I um. It wasn't a honeymoon phase of an overused wiener collapsing or anything like this. This was for real. For pancreatitis? No, but I mean, you would have thought that's what he would have been hospitalized well, with. Because you know those were always dry humping each other. Well, I was scared because they didn't give you a lot of information. It was rushed to the well, hospital. Well, it's his business. I understood, but I started thinking about how his body was so burned in the plane accident. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because she had COVID the week before. And so oh. I was starting to think different things. So yeah. I was all worried about maybe his body is more susceptible. You know what? Maybe his kids shouldn't have tweeted all right. of that business mm-hmm. that he was going around. And yeah. he, he, he did a tweet um, that was a reference to a Machine Gun Kelly song that yep. he drummed on, God Save Me. Yep. So oh. people misread into that. But that was like in the afternoon. And it was probably his buddy uh, MGK was playing um, in New York City. In last New York night. City. So it might have been for that. Right. You know? And his buddy, Magician, is Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Uh, decided that he was so into performing. He took a champagne glass and smashed, smashed it, it in his mm. head. Mm. I think Megan Fox should be careful. So she has young children. It was a champagne flute. It was. He smashed it into his eyebrow. I just so weird. I'm sorry. So you guys, I know this is kind of backtracking, but it says that there is a very strong chance that you can during a colonoscopy, you can face your your pancreatitis can get some blunt trauma and become a flare up from the actual procedure. Mm -hmm. Procedure someone just led the the little little camera too far. They probed a little too deep. So it seems like it's a common thing that does happen. So maybe they just use that. I don't know if it's common because I know people who've had colonoscopies. Yeah. They've never had pancreatitis. But I also know someone who got pancreatitis so bad. That they quit drinking, which they yes. needed to do, by the way. Right. This particular person, but it took two bouts of pancreatitis in the hospital, like in excruciating pain. And the Before doctor was like, could... if you keep drinking, this will keep happening to you. Oh. But I would not have, like, I never even that heard about horrible. that. Yeah. So he's in the hospital for pain. But he's probably, Chris Jenner is probably applauding his kids for letting the world know to pray for their dad because that's a move straight out of Chris Jenner's book, you know? Okay. Oh, gosh. Here's the breaking news. What is it? Erica Jane must turn over the 750,000 diamond earrings from Tom Girardi. Finally. 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 Oh, my gosh. Wow. I mean, how always, long? How, when's the Cartier ring getting auctioned back? Remember she had several of yep. the leopard rings? Yes, which are the ugliest things ever made. It's a it's a rich person thing, I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I I was really really rich, so I wouldn't want any labels to be seen. I don't like them seen in my poor state. Right. I don't want them seen. <laughs> I don't want them seen in my rich state. Right. <laughs> I'm not going around advertising, you know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, everyone have a. I can't wait for you tomorrow yes. to gouge about Elvis. All right. I'm well, looking forward to it. I, I hope that's. What I, I will. All right. Bye, guys. Everyone have a great night. Job done. Off you go.